Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Have you been wanting to read more, but don't seem to have the time? Well, with Audible, you can read your books without having to find the extra time in your busy schedule. Stuck in traffic on your way home from work? Why not marathon the Harry Potter books? In the gym and want to learn about the First Lady? Well, you can listen to Becoming Michelle Obama while doing Leg Day. And if you go to audibletrial.com cultivate, you get a month free of Audible. That includes one credit that you can trade in for any audiobook of your choice, access to thousands of audiobooks free to listen to with your account, and best of all, you have access to all of your favorite podcasts in the app as well. So be sure to go to my link, audibletrial.com cultivate, that's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, to sign up for a free month of Audible and start reading today. Thank you, Audible, for supporting the show. We are. We are. We are Cultivate. 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 We are Cultivate. Hi, Fred. My name is Josh Shell, host of the Let's Start a Cult podcast. The only podcast that sells Tupperware. That's right. For a low price of $1,000, you will get the best Tupperware in North America. It will keep your food fresh for two months, guaranteed. Just go to letstartacultpodcast.com slash gullible for this amazing deal today. Now, with that grift out of the way, it's time for me to introduce my guest this episode. She is the host of the amazing podcast, Yule Crime and Pineapple Pizza Podcast. Yule Crime is the podcast that talks about crimes of yesteryear, and Pineapple Pizza is the podcast that talks about cryptids, mythology, Basically anything they want, I think. (laughs) Please welcome back to the podcast, Lindsay Valenti. Lindsay, how are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing very well. Saturday, you know, this podcast was supposed to be out on Tuesday this week on Patreon. So I apologize to that, Patreons. It happens. It happens, you know, it's been it's been busy. (laughs) So, Lindsay, I finally finished one of your many requested cults, uh, (laughs) Om Shinriko. And for those of you who don't know, Lindsay has sent me, I want to say like six or seven cults. Like it's been, every once in a while, I just get a DM from, from Lindsay being like, this one, you got to talk about this one. (laughs) And I look at it and it's always the most fucked up cult. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, Om Shinriko was actually one of them. So did you, did you listen to that, uh, episode last two weeks ago, I guess now? I did. I really liked it. It was a it was a dark one at some point. It's like it was, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks for that, Lindsay. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I like bringing stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for the content that I'm going to be having for the rest of 2022. You're welcome. I'll just keep throwing stuff at you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm just like a, a co-producer on the show, basically. <laughs> You're a co-producer. John's a co-host. It's perfect. It's the Cultivate family coming all together. Yep. On my show. (laughs) So today's cult is actually, it's very different from many of my other cults. So the format's going to be a little different and you'll see, you'll see why once we get into it. Because today's cult, we're going to be talking about Bruno Groening and the Circle of Friends. 
a cult whose leader died before it formed, but manages to trick thousands of people into believing in faith healing. So, Lindsay, have you heard of the Circle of Friends before? I have not. So this is surprisingly okay. one of the ones I did not recommend to you. This is one of the ones. Yeah, I uh, surprisingly enough, I branch off occasionally and do my own. <laughs> what? How it's rare. You? It's very rare. <laughs> what are your thoughts on faith healing before we dive into this? I feel like it's, for some people, it probably means a lot to them. I know that there are some people where they really have, a they believe a lot and put a lot of stake into that. Mm-hmm. I... And one of those people where I'll believe it when I see it. And Fair I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poo-poo on people's beliefs, but I personally don't really subscribe to that. That's fair. That's a that's a very in the middle take. I like it, Lindsay. Keeping <laughs> I'm all middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want anyone <laughs> mad at you. I, I, I appreciate that. Don't want to get you canceled. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna come out. I'll I'll be the I'll take the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't personally believe in it. I'm okay with this cult, and you'll see why in a bit. But um, I think all in all, I feel medicine and and science is probably the way to go. I do realize and recognize that there are times when science can't give you answers, so you look for other answers and and potential non-traditional healings, I guess, or they are traditional. Mm -hmm. I have no idea, actually. (laughs) but Non-Western, I guess. Non-Western traditional, yes, correct. Yeah. So I do recognize that there are points when people will branch out of that and search for other for other means of healing but good i just i just wanted to get that out of the way because we're going to be diving into a lot of it eventually here and uh i'm sure it'll come up many times so (laughs) and who knows my answer may change as this as the show progresses so we'll see maybe by the end of the episode you'll be a believer who knows you'll you'll be part of the circle of friends Lindsay. (laughs) i need friends so if there's a circle maybe i need to join it Yeah, it's literally in the name. They will just grant you friends. So starting off, we're going to be diving into the life of Bruno Gronings. I'm going to pronounce a lot of these names wrong. It's German and I should know it, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm going to butcher it, I promise. So born in Gdansk, Alawa, known as Danzig in Germany, on May 30th, 1906, Bruno Gronkowski was the fourth of seven children of his parents. August and Marth, oh, that is a Mar- Margar- Margaret <laughs> Gronkowski. Ooh. I do like how August came up again because in my coconut cult, we talked about how August is one of the few German names and it has showed up three that. different times, four different times that. in my podcast so far. <laughs> so It was a really popular name apparently during a certain period I of guess. time. Yeah. <laughs> it was the Jennifer of Germany. it's the josh (laughs) so the kronkowski's household was said to be adherent of the catholic faith and were located in the suburb region of alawa his parents sent him to school but he never finished his schooling and dropped out in fifth grade and enrolled in a business apprenticeship i could not find for the life of me what the business apprenticeship was for a fifth grader but but (laughs) that's what he did he just sold he just sold hoover vacuum cleaners (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Like, I really want to know. So if anyone does know what the business apprenticeship was, please, please tweet me because I need to know that. <laughs> so wait, it was the early 1900s, right? Yeah, it would have been probably, ah, oh, grade five. How old are you in grade five? It would have been around the war, I guess, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Anyway. What if it was like the Encyclopedia Britannica set? All those books? <laughs> 
<laughs> he wrote them off. <laughs> oh, Just had him in a trunk strapped to his back. <laughs> Handing them out. Oh, God. I don't know, but, you know, after after two years, I think he gave up on that dream. <laughs> um, and succumbed to the pressure from his father, who was a bricklayer and wanted his son to learn an equal trade, basically. So Bruno began to train in carpentry. This, however, was cut short three months to the end of the training due to the aftermath of the war. The post-war effects led to the closure of the firm in which he apprenticed. Thus, he took up several jobs to make ends meet, like being a factory and dock laborer. His crafty and skillful hands helped him to become successful in whatever he laid his hands on. Whether he was repairing clocks or radios or working as a locksmith, he was very gifted in technical areas and was also never afraid to take on difficult and physical demanding jobs. So he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy at this point. Thanks. Sounds like he's very good with his hands. <laughs> wink, wink, ladies. Wink, uh, he's wink. Dead, so. <laughs> Spoilers, he's, he didn't heal himself to 130 or whatever he'd be now. <laughs> My math is very bad. He would not be even close to 130. He'd be like 115, I don't know, 16. There we go. There you go. However, he was often, quote-unquote, misunderstood by his family, which just meant that he was abused a lot at home. Oh. Yeah. Despite being beaten black and blue, he said he felt more hurt mentally and emotionally than physically because of the lack of understanding. Gradually, his environment became less of a safe place and he soon felt like an alien. This caused Bruno to withdraw from his environment and found refuge in nature. He preferred dwelling amid trees, bushes, and animals, and he spent hours near in nearby forests and bushes enjoying their company. He experienced an intense amount of spiritual satisfaction in nature. In his words, quote, I experienced God in every bush, in every tree, in every animal. Yes, even in the stones. I could stand and take it all in for hours. Time seemed to have no meaning, and it seemed to me as if my inner being expanded into infinity. End quote. Because of his unique take on life, he was beaten and ridiculed by people in the community. So, gotta love those early 1900s values (laughs) if you don't fit in you're a freak don't like nature pansy gonna beat the nature (laughs) gonna beat the animal lover straight out of you yeah it's a wonder why global warming started popping up about 50 years after (laughs) that sounds super nice though like i can relate to that i like being out in nature it's just yeah it's nice I'm going to be honest. Bruno isn't a bad guy. We're going to get to a lot of like his life and he he's a genuinely good guy. Like, this is one of the cults. Like I said, it's going to be a weird one because it's not dark. And uh, I, that's why I brought you on, Lindsay, to try and lighten your soul a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. My heart is so black and cold. <laughs> <laughs> so black and blue from being misunderstood. <laughs> so misunderstood. I just beat my own chest so. Oh, there you go. Get rid of my ability to feel. (laughs) (laughs) People just staring at you on the street. What's she doing? (laughs) Uh, During the First World War, Bruno extended his attributes to people affected by the war. He paid visits to the hospitals, and the patients were often joyful to see him. His presence brought bliss to those who had sustained uh, injuries, and sick people claimed to become healthy because of Bruno. From far and near, families and friends accepted his healing abilities. So I don't know if it was like, you know, he's a, he's probably what, 15 maybe at yeah. this point during the war? Between 10 and 15. So he's probably just a kid 
And, you know, he's visiting the hospitals. And I imagine it being like, people are like, oh, we love seeing Bruno. Like, you know, it's like, a, yeah, it's like you're playing with a kid. You're like, oh, you healed me, whatever. Like, I imagine it yeah. being more like that. And uh, I think he just took it to a whole new level. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I suppose, too, like if you're I mean, I'm imagining you're getting you probably have like arms or legs blown off and you're. True. In a lot of pain, you probably don't have a lot of visitors, and having this sweet little kid come by and like talk to you and stuff. Yeah, I would yeah. eat that shit up too. It 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 might actually help you because it, it's a dark time in Germany for sure at this point during World War One. So yeah, I, you might be right. It might actually be uplifting their spirits and making them feel better. Anyway, might not be curing them necessarily, but yeah. Well, because you know you hear about if you have a more positive outlook, you tend to heal faster than whether than right. if you're like super down in the dumps and then you're just like sick forever. That's true. Like my soul. <laughs> my soul. <laughs> you're sick all the time. <laughs> I am constantly sick. I'm in a perpetual state of sickness. Oh, uh, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Um, <laughs> for the first, for the last two years, that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and you know, World War Three coming, it's not looking great. So no. it's a, it's appropriate that we're talking about the world wars today. <laughs> exactly. So in his own words, he said, quote, even as a small child, sick people were freed of their symptoms in my presence. And when they were worked up or quarreling, children and grownups alike would become calm and peaceful because of a few words from me. Also, as a child, I noticed that animals, which normally are considered shy or even dangerous, were good willed and tamed around me. My relationship with my family home, in contrast, was strange and tense. I strove very early for complete independence to free myself from this environment of misunderstanding within my family, end quote. So, I don't know, it, it, it's, it seems like a lot of trauma, and he's finding some sort of peace in hospital work where he, or work, quote unquote, he's going to just visit people, right? <clears throat> and I, I feel he finds some sort of calm in, in the fact that, you know, he's not being beat or, or yelled at, or which he gets from his own home. So he probably finds some sort of comfort in visiting the hospital and, and quote unquote, healing those people. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you want to be doing something where people appreciate you being there and, hmm. you know, you're seeing a positive reaction to your presence? Obviously, you're going to want to do that more than go home and be beat for do, being a positive person. Like, Yeah. Oh, if only, you know, abuse didn't happen, maybe there'd be less cults. But <laughs> What? Yeah, you're talking or, crazy. Or serial killers or, or uh, there's endless things, you know? <laughs> Just talk to a therapist. <laughs> so marriage came pretty easily to Bruno. Uh, oh, no. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> marriage came early to Bruno. Not easily. Sorry. That's He, he got married at the age of 21. So pretty young. Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't come easily because unfortunately he struggled with being understood in his marriage. His wife did not believe in his supposed attributes of healing. All she wanted was a respectable man to take care of the family. Though countless persons have found healing through the interventions of Bruno, his wife, Gertrude, doubted the potency of his power. She sought the help of regular doctors rather than her husband when both of their sons were sick. Both sons, Harold and Gunter, born in 1931 and 1939 respectively, died at the age of nine. The death of his kids shattered Bruno. So you can only imagine like his whole bit is healing and then his wife refuses to let him try and heal his own kids and they die. Like, yeah. In some respects, that would just reinforce your belief that 
science can't help me. I can help these people kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and it's, oh God, it's so sad that he lost both of his kids. But yeah, again, I, like it's even back then at that time, even though it was still like post World War One, and we were a mm-hmm. little bit more advanced, mortality rates for kids were still super high. Yeah, like, it, like ridiculous up until like, I want to say like the 70s, 80s, maybe. Yeah. Like it was still pretty high. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess the baby boom. That might make more sense actually now that I yeah. think about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was just an unfortunate thing probably. Yeah. And you, you, you do feel for this guy. He, he is a victim in a lot of his life. Um, and I don't blame his wife either. Like she was trying to do what was best for her kids. So mm-hmm. it's just a tough situation. Yeah. Another big change in Bruno's life was when the Nazi era began, Bruno's family actually changed their name from Gronkowski to Groning. I guess it sounds more German, so you're less likely to get targeted. I thought it was more German the first go around, but all right. <laughs> Honestly, I thought so. There's a, like Gronkowski, there's got to be a, a football joke here. I just can't find it. But <laughs> So together with his fathers and brother, Bruno joined the Nazi party. And I don't think he actually joined the Nazi party. I think he just joined the army. The article I read said Nazi party, but obviously that was a, it was all of German army, right? So they controlled the army. Yeah. So with the, with World War II starting, Bruno got recruited into the army and contrary to his peaceful ideology, he was required to shoot. However, he refused and barely survived execution at the martial court where he was threatened because of his stance. So he pulled a Andrew Garfield, I forget what that movie's called, but where he just didn't want to fight, didn't want to go to war, basically, and almost died because of it. So, yeah. But I think he gave up eventually because he, he ends up going to the front lines. So, or they just said, whatever, we'll send him. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? So, he, as I said, he was sent to the front lines of battle, and it was there he sustained an injury and was captured as a Russian war prisoner. Despite being a prisoner of the enemy, he extended an arm of help to whoever needed it be it comrades or civilians. In prison, Bruno advocated for better resources for sustenance like food, shelter, and clothing. To save the Russian villagers from starvation, he facilitated getting food for them from the army reserve. Bruno succeeded in killing no one. Instead, he rendered help where necessary to numerous people, and he was in prison from March to October of 1945. After he was released, Bruno relocated to the western region of Germany as a refugee. Which I don't know how that works, like, He's he's a citizen of Germany, so why would he go back as a refugee? But I don't um, I don't really understand yeah, the rules know. of war because it was owned by America, like the Allies, I guess. I don't because he was really a prisoner understand. of war, like because he was escaping Russia. Would that make him a refugee? I, I don't know. Yes, but wouldn't that just mean he's coming back home? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, when I when I read it, it didn't I didn't understand it, but because uh, Germany wasn't didn't have. East and West Germany until after um, the war, right? Well, this is after the war, right? 1945? But like much later than that was when the wall was constructed. Oh, you it might was be right. Di- divided, wasn't it? Mm, I don't remember I that think part was... of history class. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the wall was built necessarily then, but I think it was still split, right? Because Russia captured half of it and the Allies captured the other half. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And so it was occupied. They were occupying the area, I think. Okay. I don't know. I should know this. I did a whole episode of the Nazi party, but I don't think we actually got into the war part of it. So, yeah. So that makes sense. So, yeah, if he was in the allied territory, then yes, he then would be a refugee would, from Eastern Germany. 
That so makes sense. That, that makes sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. We got there. Yeah. Yeah. We got there. We got, we made sense of it in our own minds. It might not be the truth, but <laughs> it makes sense to us. Yeah. So it is kind of crazy though, that he, he was advocating for German people or uh, Russian people, sorry. And, and trying to advocate for more food for the Russian people that were starving at the time. Cause many Russian people did starve at that, uh, during that time. And he just stuck his neck out for like those people as well as like the prisoners he was with. So good for him. I mean, he didn't, he didn't fight and you can have whatever thought you want about that, but he, he did what he, he could in his own ideology. And I, I respect that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in those kind of situations, it's so easy and almost a little bit of human nature to try to look out for yourself over everybody else. Right. Especially when like food is short, you know, and clothing and all that kind of stuff. Like, so yeah, yeah it was good for him. Yeah, no, Exactly. So in December 1945, after acquiring his freedom, he started a new life with his family in Dillenburg in Hessen. Following the death of his last son, his wife attempted to restrict his philanthropic activities. He responded to this by separating from her. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. You uh, wouldn't let me heal my kids. You don't want me to yeah, do nice things. I'm out of here. Get out of here, Gertrude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a German name, too. Jeez. So long, uh, Gertie. <laughs> to him he belongs to humanity and not individuals thus his abilities should be available for all and he went on to help all of those that needed to be healed Groning continued on this path till the early months of 1949 when he found himself in Ruhr district I hope I pronounced that right I'm gonna butcher all of this I apologize again Gra gradually with the news of his healing spreading by his beneficiaries the name Bruno Groning became more common he went from one house to another, seeking people who needed his healing abilities. He also honored invitations from people who requested for him to get healed. In March 1945, a man named Herford extended his invitation to Bruno. Herford, an engineer, requested for groaning so he could heal his 19-year-old son, Dieter, who suffered from muscular dystrophy. As Bruno started using his abilities on Dieter, he began to walk again. Hartford was beyond astonished to see this happen. He pleaded with Bruno to remain in his household so others who were sick could come to him and be healed just like his son. This ushered crowds from all different areas to Halsman's house to be healed by groaning. There was media coverage as newspapers soon carried the story. This drew up to 5,000 people towards Bruno. Damn. People began calling him the Miracle Man or the Miracle Doctor. Damn. <laughs> so he's famous now. It's, uh, it's like less creepy Rasputin vibes. Yeah, like, you know uh, what yeah, I mean. A hundred percent. He's the he's the German less creepy Rasputin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, may or may not have a twelve inch dick. Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's why Gertrude stuck around for so long. <laughs> he had his magic fingers. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, I will say this: that I don't know much about muscular dystrophy, and like I said, this is a story. I don't know how much of this has been altered or is true. Because it seems unbelievable that he could heal this person with his miracle healing. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. It is a story. And Germany at this point is in a very fragile situation. So having something to believe in probably spurred a lot of legends yeah. from this man. Yeah. And uh, as you can see, the German people, very prone to just following people. <laughs> <laughs> Miracles, you say? German. Sign me up. <laughs> 
<laughs> as part German, I can say that, right? <laughs> Same. I'm part German as well, so. 50%. Yeah, you met. Uh, oh, no. I was going to say you met Hitler, but that didn't make any sense. <laughs> nope. You met the Ku Klux Klan guy, right? That was yeah, the story. I did. Yeah, you're not that old, Lindsay. I, mean, I'm I apologize. Not that old. <laughs> I mean, I feel that old inside, but uh, I'm That's not. Fair. Maybe you need the miracle, man. I do. Please come visit me. Please <laughs> come back grave. from the dead <laughs> and heal me. So, in a daily newspaper named Munchner Merker, Manfred Lungenhorst, nice, a journalist, <laughs> a journalist wrote that quote. When I arrived at Hereford at about 10.30 a.m., almost 1,000 people were standing in front of a two-story house in Willems Platt. It was an indescribable picture of suffering. Countless people in wheelchairs, others brought there by their relatives, blind, deaf, and dumb, mothers with mentally and physically disabled children, old women and young men were crowded together and groaning. Almost 100 cars, trucks, and buses were parked around the square and had come from far away, end quote. You got to think of it like there's probably tons and tons of people like suffering from illnesses from the war. And to hear about a miracle man like that just gives you hope to go and maybe I can heal this deafness that I got from a a mortar that fell right beside me. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And like not only like physical, but probably emotional, too. Like I'm sure so many people had like PTSD as a result of the war. You know, you got to believe I, I think even even with the PTSD, like if you go to someone and they tell you to think positive vibes and they give you like, and that's what he was, he was a lot of, he was a lot about the positive vibe kind of thing. He didn't call it that. <laughs> that's a 21st century uh, rendition Check out of my it, positive but, vibes. <laughs> John would love this guy. <laughs> so so he, he was all about think positively and I can help you heal. So even even that little bit of positivity and he mixes it with kind of a meditation thing, which we'll get into. I think a lot of that would help with PTSD, would help bring you down, calm you down mm-hmm. and get, put you in a better headspace, which I think is what a lot of people needed. So if he's not physically healing them, he might actually be mentally healing a lot of people who had PTSD from the war. Or like anxiety and stuff like that, giving them coping mechanisms. Yeah. Or depression from, you know, lost loved ones, like because everyone mm-hmm. had lost someone at that point. So yep. Uh, shortly after, the authorities became concerned with, about the new development and set up a committee to investigate Bruno. The committee's resolution was to ban Bruno from healing. Doctors and medical practitioners who were influential publicly opposed him and demanded that this healing method be subjected to scientific scrutiny. They believed that it was rather belittling and against uh, the professional honor of doctors in, if groaning is allowed to perform the same actions doctors are trained for. All attempts to get a positive response failed. Groaning had no other choice but to leave Hereford permanently. In some regards, I understand, like, they just had a war where a bunch of Germans followed one man (laughs) to war. And so I could see if thousands of people start gathering around this man's house and following his every whim. You'd be a little concerned as the German Yeah, uh, people would be like, "Eh, what's going on here? We should shut this down. Yeah. <laughs> We're not ready for another one. Uh, <laughs> this could be problematic. Cool. <laughs> so he ends up, you know, he has to quit his practice. So he en- ends up moving back to South Germany in August of 1949 as a means of exiting from the troubles and blasphemy that he experienced in Hartford. He dwelled in a private residence near Rosenheim. He succeeded in hiding his location until it was carried by a newspaper and disclosed for all to know. 
As usual, thousands of people showed up at his residence for healing. <laughs> He's like a famous person in the <laughs> paparazzi just falling God. around. It's like a where's Waldo in Germany, and they're just like, we found him. Here's where we he found lives. Him. We found where he is. <laughs> Well, he's become this legend at this point, right? Like, yeah. And there are people that claim that that the number of people daily was beyond thirty thousand that sh- would show up to try and get him to heal them. Good God! All media platforms covered his story regularly, leading to a movie titled "Groaning," which served as a documentary on his activism. Wherever he went, people gathered very quickly in thousands and tens of thousands, waiting to be healed through his healing process. People with all forms of illnesses came from all over the world. Many made pilgrimages to his location to tap from his healing energy. Petitions and proposals and various sick people came from different countries. Bruno was strongly against profiteering as he didn't believe in making money from his power. He met several oppositions that came as court cases and healing prohibitions. His practices were unable to fit into the existing social structures. So he actually wasn't making any money off this. This is why I say... He's not a bad guy, I don't think. I think he genuinely believes in what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, it sounds is- like it. Because, yeah, he's just doing it out of the goodness of his heart. He's not charging you admission to have him put his hands on you or whatever he did. Because <laughs> some places will charge you a lot for that. Trust me. Happy healing. <laughs> Happy vibes. But you're right. And and I, I think this I, this is why I brought up the point uh, before when he was in the hospital, uh, when he was a kid. I think he genuinely derives pleasure and from trying to heal people. And mm-hmm. he gets pleasure from feeling welcomed and being accepted where he is because he grew up in a place where he wasn't accepted. So I think for that reason, I believe, I truly believe he was a good person who believed that he could do these things. I mean, he sounds like someone who genuinely just enjoyed helping others and feeling needed and appreciated for what he did for other people. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I I enjoy this story because it is a nice story, which is, uh, (laughs) you know, different from what I usually get into. So Groening died on January 26, 1959 from a coma resulting from the effect of stomach cancer. He was diagnosed with the disease in the autumn of 1958 when he took a trip with his second wife, Josette, which is a way better name than Gertrude. So much better. (laughs) Upgrade. Uh, Yeah, way upgrade for sure. His condition got worse and was considered inoperable due to an obstruction in his large colon. They attempted the surgery and he died four days after. And that is kind of where we end it with Bruno. And like I said, it's a different... It's a different cult because the cult hasn't even formed yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I have no cool a- intro into this, but after the ad break, we're going to be actually talking about <laughs> the cult and how it forms. Usually I have some horrible ad intro, but I can't even find one here. <laughs> Are you going to die from an obstruction in your large colon? <laughs> Do you know who won't ban you from healing practices in South Germany or wherever he was? The products and services that support this podcast, uh, they love faith healing. (laughs) They're all for it. And we are back. So we've established our heroes. We'll call him a hero this time. He's a hero. We've established our hero's life, and we're now going to get into the cult that actually forms from his teaching 
And we're going to explore exactly what the teaching was and how the healing process actually took place. So Groening was all about wellness and spiritual healing. To start with, he held strong views that illness is unnatural to the human being. It results when we draw away from God. He said, quote, The further a person withdraws from God, willing or unwilling, the less life there is in his body, and his organs do not function as they should. He has lost contact with the great divine source of, en- of his energy, and eventually he even loses what little remains. Cut off from the power of God, his body becomes a wreck. End quote. That explains so much about me. <laughs> me too. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's why I'm sore every morning. I am a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, not God. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> so the idea formed from the foundations of his teaching. He was a believer in spiritual forces uh, and their influence on humans as greater than most realize. Fundamentally, he thought of the human being as a battery. Like a battery, human beings burn up energy in ongoing daily tasks. But however, for most people, there isn't enough new life energy absorbed to be replaced for what is being used up. When a battery is spent, it stops functioning. In the case of a human body devoid of life energy, it cannot perform activities. In more relatable terms, what happens to such a bodies are fatigue, exhaustion, anxiety, and then different illnesses. So, <laughs> to sum all that up, everyone's a battery that it drains and fills up. And if you do not fill up your battery enough, you then begin to experience fatigue, which I guess makes sense. It's just like in the Matrix. <laughs> it's just like the Matrix. You're right. We're all just a bunch <laughs> of batteries. For just our robot overlords. <laughs> it, it does make sense in a way, right? You, you get mm-hmm. tired at the end of the day because you're doing tasks. And so you sleep to gain energy back. Mm-hmm. And if your sleep and rest does not outweigh your, the energy you're exposing, you will begin to experience illnesses and injuries. Mm-hmm. So what he's saying so far, you know, makes sense. So we're going to get into how he describes how you fill up your energy. So it starts with the mindset. The individual looking to get more energy must first believe in goodness, just as they must have a strong will to be healthy. Groening taught that as we live, we are surrounded by healing waves, and all one has to do is absorb them. He also preached that no illness is incurable, which is probably the worst he says here. Yeah. (laughs) Giving people false hope sometimes is not a, you know. Yeah. I get it. It just kind of, you know, it, it does suck a little bit. So he taught. That the healing waves, or as he called it, the hailstrom, which is a great name, great branding. Strum. <laughs> Jesus saves your battery. Jesus saves the hailstrom. <laughs> um, it was also called the healing stream. These healing waves are to be absorbed. So you sit with your hands open and the palms facing upwards. The arms and legs are not to be crossed as that could block the free flow of the hailstrom. In addition, thoughts about the illness at hand and any other personal problems are to be expunged. Instead, the mind should be full of pleasant thoughts. This is where I believe a lot of the meditation and mm-hmm. thinking good thoughts, I believe that actually does probably help people. Not in the way he thinks it does, but mentally and, and puts you in a better headspace for sure. It is believed that as the healing waves flow through the body, it reaches the organs affected by Ill- the illness and starts to purify them. Sometimes the healing begins with pain, but that is a sign of the cleanse. Then the ailment will gradually get better. I don't know, let's try that right now. 
What's 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 ailing you right now? My back is. Oh yeah, my back too. <laughs> my my knees are starting to hurt because the weather's changing. <laughs> my old bones. <laughs> it's the uh, most folktale thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> It's probably all those cans of beans I've been eating. <laughs> That's so funny. So so <laughs> so tonight, maybe try this, Lindsay. You know, just sit there, palms open, legs uncrossed, and just think happy thoughts. And uh, maybe the weather won't affect how you feel. <laughs> I'll report back on the state of my knees. <laughs> Yeah, just let us know in the tweet thread for this yeah. episode. Yeah, Say, I'll just uh, respond. Just thumbs up or thumbs down. Well, yeah. Anyone who listens to the episode will understand. No one else will get it. <laughs> I'll use that leg emoji that has like the knee and the foot. <laughs> with a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah, that that is perfect. <laughs> I appreciate that. Do a thumbs up for the left and a thumbs up for the right. So two knee emojis we need and then a thumbs up or thumbs down beside it. Okay. So maybe it only healed one. The flow was just going one way. You, you never know. There was a kink in the other one. Didn't. It's like you when crossed. you're trying to use the hose and there's a kink in it, so nothing's coming out. And so you just angrily flip the hose trying to get it instead of walking two feet to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. to unkink And then you it. end up getting splashed all over the place yeah. when it unkinks yeah. itself. Yeah. Man, it, uh, we all live the same life, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah, we, we've, it, we've all experienced it. So Bruno intends to make everyone filled with the joy of living and free from emotional problems, in addition to the physical ones. As he said, quote, my teaching is an absolute statement of the truth of life. Many of my friends live by it and have success. Accepting this teaching brought them complete inner transformation, which in many cases led to success with their health, end quote. As strange as it might seem, Groening believed he had a noble mission to help troubled people. There is, however, a twist to his method that might be unexpected. It does not require his presence. So he cuts himself out completely, which is something not a lot of cult. Well, he's not a cult leader, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like a lot That's of, something contemporary cult leaders would not be down with that. No, they would say, you need me, pay me <laughs> to yep. teach you how to do this. So a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out for him. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> he maintains that the healing from his teaching are spiritual and can go on without him. So he gave his teaching to people to take on their way. He strongly appealed to the people to not only believe in good, but to also act on it. So as most ideas, it's not unusual for it to snowball into something massive. So the Circle of Friends is a coming together of people who have found Groening's teachings useful and have incorporated them into their daily lives. Membership of this group is voluntary, and anyone who doesn't want to associate, despite following Groening's method, is free not to join. Hmm. So very loosey-goosey. Yeah, you can follow it, but you don't have to be part of the group. And that's fine with them. So very positive and upbeat. I like that. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. is, that is the kind of cults we like. Yep. This International Society for Healing by Spiritual Means did not develop by Groening's active efforts. Greta Hausler was the founder of this movement. It started because she suffered from three incurable ailments. In 1950, Greta met Bruno Groening and found healing for her ailments in her first encounter. Naturally, she became a close associate after that encounter and kept working to spread Groening's cause and establish communities in Austria. In 1959, Groening died, but she found out that the healing continued despite the sad event. 20 years later, she founded the Circle of Friends, intending to preserve Bruno's spiritual legacy for posterity. 
She also offered people the chance to get help and healing with their problems and ailments. It is kind of curious. Like, I've never seen a cult start after the leader died. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess, what do we call Christianity? That's... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Too too far? Too soon? Too soon. Too too soon. (laughs) It's only... Only so many centuries too soon. Just like, yeah, it's only been a few thousand years. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it is interesting, right? And I would say if they did it for profit, that would be like terrible, but they're, they're obviously not. I mean, they accept donations as most churches and stuff do. Yeah. But uh, they don't demand payment or anything like that. I think we get into that. Yeah, we do. So I'll, I'll shut up and, <laughs> and read my script. <laughs> I'm just jumping ahead in my notes. Yeah, you know, I, my mind wanders. Um, <laughs> so the circle of friends attracted only a handful of adherents in its early days. However, after about a decade of existence, the group entered a period of very rapid growth. Right now, the Bruno Gronings circle of friends has a local community in every country in Europe and has a presence on every continent. Hmm. It is certainly now one of the world's largest associations for spiritual healing in the world. Greta Hausler died, sadly, in 2007, and the baton of leadership was passed under her son, Deiter, which I don't think is the same Deiter that he healed from muscular dystrophy, sadly, but it is kind of <laughs> cool that maybe that's the other name that's in German. That's the only other name is Deiter. Um, so at the community level, the society operates quite simply. A circle of friends meet every three weeks for community hours. Ideally, the members of the group should take out time to absorb the hailstrom every day to remain healthy. In the community meetings, healing occurs and there are community meetups for youth and children, just as the ones for adults. There are no entry fees into the society. Similarly, there are no membership contributions or other financial requirements of members. However, just as membership is free, voluntary donations are welcome from the members to carry out any essential tasks. Anyone is also free to volunteer their skills when needed. I imagine they need the donations to book a hall or wherever they happen to practice. Um, yep. I'm sure that's what the money is for. The reason for this is to demonstrate selflessness and love for one's fellow man. Of course, this is what Bruno both preached and lived. In any case, the group tries hard to be very accountable for all donations. Any amount left after the tasks have been taken care of finds use in lofty projects. One of those is producing schooling materials for both German and foreign friends sharing them equitably. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, uplifting story today. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's cool that they're like, we're not skimming from the top. We're not profiting from this. This is what we're using it for. And then when we're done with it, we're going to put it towards something else. That's good. We're going to put it towards the community, as Mm -hmm. I believe a lot of, you know, groups should. And yeah. uh, Like, like there's a lot to be said about the church, like Christian churches or whatever Mm -hmm. church, but they do end up a lot of the money does go back to the community. Probably not enough. We'll save that for another day, but yep. But yeah. So Groening believed a lot in free will as man's most essential attribute. He said, quote, I may help someone to find the way towards the good, but may neither take away his choice about it, nor force him to do good. Everyone must find his own way himself, end quote. And this seems to filter down to the society's operations as there are no legal, financial, or even religious obligations to associating. In the circle of friends, all healing scenarios are acts of God's grace. So generally, the society makes no promises or guarantees healing. This snowballs into why there are no examinations, diagnoses, treatments, or therapies in the circle of friends. (laughs) 
Makes Groning sense. never preached against visiting doctors, taking medications, or undergoing surgeries if there is need for him. He he obviously did a surgery himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't claim they'll heal you, but they don't, you know, they don't allow examinations or or scientific examinations of their methods. <laughs> so yeah, just keep that in mind. They do not discourage anyone from getting proper medical treatment. They also in themselves do not recommend or prescribe any medications nor distribute them. However, Groning himself tried to get close to physicians during his time. He subjected himself to a test commissioned by the Heidelberg University Clinic, and his results were remarkable, apparently. That exercise did not eventually yield any fruit because Groning refused to use his abilities for commercial gain. So I guess they couldn't profit off of it, but... Oh, yeah. Um... But like I said, it, it seems like it's just a lot of like, it's a version of meditation, which is mm-hmm. is proven to help like boost immune system and boost mental and, and physical health. So I'm sure that's all it is. I don't know how prominent meditation was in, in Germany back in the day. So they were mm-hmm. probably just like, this is crazy. People think good thoughts and they feel good. What, what is this? What a realization. <laughs> Overall, Bruno Groning's circle of friends is altruistic. The society intends to help its members attain spiritual maturity while also making them aware that they are responsible for themselves. As Groning once said to a gathering, quote, I want you to become the masters of life. Everyone is the architect of his own future, for man reaps what he sows, end quote. He also preached collaboration among people, which the group following his teachings aimed to achieve. Regular exchange of experiences among people hasten spiritual development. After all, one helps the other, God helps us all, as Groning said. And that is Bruno Groning and the Circle of Friends. Lindsay, what are your thoughts? Did I lighten your spirit today? That gave me the warm fuzzies. (laughs) I mean, it's, I don't believe in that spiritual stuff, but at the same time, if that's something that helps you and you have a lot of belief in that, I can't fault you for that. No one should fault you for that. You know, yeah. belief is a powerful thing. So faith is a powerful thing. Do I think it's going to cure cancer? No. But <laughs> it might statement. make you feel better. But it might make you feel better as you're getting treated for cancer. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. I think, as I, I've stated this many times throughout this episode, so I don't want to ramble on about it, but I do think... <laughs> As someone who has, you know, uh, experienced depression and dealt with, you know, some sad times and some some issues, I, I have found meditation helpful um, mm-hmm. in just helping me, you know, alleviate some of the stress, some of the anxiety, some of the just a po- more positive outlook on life. And it can give you some sort of peace. Mm-hmm. And so I could see that being helpful for many people who deal with, you know, depression, anxiety, PTSD, anything like that. So mm-hmm. I would never dissuade anyone from from trying this kind of method. Uh, they are they aren't technically claiming to heal you, mm-hmm. so so good for them. So if you ever wanted to try this, uh, definitely look up the practices, see if it's something that interests you. I want to clarify this: it will not cure you of cancer, as Lindsay said. Mm-hmm. But if you're just feeling a little down, it's been two years of just terrible news so so yeah uh if this helps you then it helps you we could all use some more friends could all use some more friends that is a great damn it i wish this was the end because we got to go to our you know <laughs> <laughs> go to our cult cult critique 
Damn, you should have saved that line, Lindsay. Uh, All right, cut it out. I'll cut, cut it, it in. I'll a, save it. I'll cut it in and shove it at the end. Yeah. There you go. I'll just repeat it at the end. You just give me a wink and I'll do yeah. it. All right, all right. But I'm also going to leave this part in so you will just look dumb repeating. <laughs> I'll say it in a monotone voice. Like the person who repeated the joke as if no one heard it. But everyone heard it. It wasn't funny. <laughs> exactly. So as I mentioned, it is time for Cult Critique. That is the part of the episode where my guest and I discuss the cult we just talked about and give it a rating out of five stars as how well it did as a cult. You've done this before, Lindsay. There's no hard yep. and fast rule. You know, it can be five for mm-hmm. whatever you want. Five's a good, five's bad, whatever you want to do. So what would you give the Circle of Friends as a rating? I'd give it like a four and a half. It's like you said, yeah. it's not really hard. Like the guy that it's based on was a good dude. He did lots of good things for people. His intentions were good. He never claimed to do Rasputin levels of healing, like cancer be gone. (laughs) And, you know, you can walk again and you can see again. Like, you know, like he wasn't that type of voodoo type person. A lot of his principles are things that I personally think are great, you know, as far as reconnecting with nature and meditate, the power of meditation and positive thinking the fact that this group isn't charging you membership fees yeah. to be part Exorbitant of fees like many other cults yeah <laughs> yeah and they're not trying to sell you stuff to enhance mm. your your healing powers or anything you know like they're not trying to sell you any drugs or something you know like it so it just like you said it seems like a genuinely pure-hearted cult and yeah at least from the outside, nothing is throwing any red flags my way. And it seems like they're just a genuinely good group of people. That is a that is a great wrap up for that. I don't know how I could top it. I would say 4.5 as well. And my reason is different. I think it would be a five star if Groaning had been the one to start the cult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would have loved to see Groaning been there to establish. And I mean, he did start. You know, like, I think, I think it would have eventually become that if he had lived a bit longer and maybe, you know, I, this is terrible to say, but maybe it was good that he died as young as he did. Maybe because I think the power does corrupt and, and you yeah. never know, it could have eventually did that to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to think it wouldn't have, but 4.5, because it is a great, as far as cults go, this is the best one I've ever talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they mean well, they genuinely want people to be better and do better. I didn't read anything about sketchy behavior or anything like that. I mean, it is a, a very large organization. I'm sure there's probably something. Maybe it just hasn't come out. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So I apologize if we're putting it in a good light and there's something. But overall, I think their teachings and what they strive for are good. And I really like that he came from a family that put him down and, and made him feel like an outcast. And he turned that into something good. I think that's mm-hmm. that shows just how strong he was as a person. And mm-hmm. uh I think Bruno Groning is a tier cult leader, even though he wasn't the leader. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you look at his childhood, he had so many opportunities to turn into a complete douchebag or a oh, absolutely. serial killer type person. Like <laughs> yeah. he had so many opportunities based off all the horrible traumatic stuff he went through. And he stayed an awesome guy throughout his entire life. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, kudos to you. I mean, I, I doubt Gertrude feels the same, but you're, 
<laughs> I mean, she killed her kids. Just kidding. She didn't really kill her oh, kids, God. but <laughs> she didn't really. No, I blame you, Gertie. So just kidding. <laughs> and on that note, we will wrap up <laughs> Bruno Groning and the Circle of Friends. But before we go, Lindsay, please tell Fred about Yield Crime and Pineapple Pizza Podcast. Where can they find them? What's it about? Whatever you want to talk about. Sure. Yield Crime is about strange, obscure, hilarious crimes that take place pre-1900. It's a show I do with my sister, Madison, and we just kind of discuss random things that take place in history that most people don't know about. And Pineapple Pizza is a podcast that I do with my friends, Emily and Ashley, who you might know from Drink Drunk Dead and Studying Scarlet. And we talk about myths, cryptids, and urban legends from different countries around the world. And that's just kind of a fun time to talk about all the banana stuff that is out there. And I've <laughs> learned so much for doing research on that show. Uh, you there can are many find great us... quotes that come out of that show. Oh, I my say. God. So many good quotes. <laughs> and Emily just messaged me the other day. So behind the scenes, they're part of the Cultivate podcast network. So yep. they're part of the family, as we're calling it. <laughs> um, and uh, she asked me, I think, uh, if I wanted to come on and do a topic. So I might... You might, you might see me there, Fred. You might see me on Pineapple Pizza Podcast someday. We're always looking for guests. Or she's just teasing me. I don't know. No, you should come on. <laughs> I think you could have a nice I'd, segment. I'd love that. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted your, your plug. Go continue. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. Um, I was just going to say you can find us pretty much wherever you get your podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram for both shows. And yeah, we're proud members of the Cultivate Network, both shows. Yeah, I'll put every I'll put the links all in the show notes so you can go check them out wherever you listen to podcasts. And definitely go check them out. Uh Yule Crime, killing it. Great episodes recently. <laughs> <laughs> I've been loving them. And then Pineapple Pizza, as I said, I always go there for a great quote. <laughs> if you like inappropriate humor, we are we're the place for you. Yeah. If you also listen to Reddit on Wiki, you will enjoy that podcast, I can promise you. Yeah. We're basically the female version of uh, on Wiki. (laughs) And therefore the better version, I will say that. (laughs) Definitely better researched, I will definitely claim that one. We Uh, don't have any porn, but uh, there are some times when it feels that way. You want people to go there, Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) We got different kinds of smut, we'll just say that. (laughs) It's all a Mothman smut. It's all all Mothman (laughs) Finally, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Podchaser, and now Spotify. If you really love this episode and can't wait to hear more, you can go to our patreon.com slash cultivate podcast network, or use this link in the show notes to get access to episodes a week early, as well as a ton of other bonus content from this show and from many other shows on our network, such as Yule Crime and Pineapple Pizza Podcast. They are in the, I forget what the tier is called, but <laughs> there's tiers. There's different tiers and... Uh, <laughs> Just like in a cult. Sean's going to hate me. I think we're in the top tier. Something like that. You you, are, you guys are in one of the upper tiers. So it's like Netflix. You go, you pay one subscription, and you get access to all of the podcasts in the Cultivate Network. So it's a great deal and it helps out the show and the other shows on our network. So thank you very much for listening, Fred. And thank you, Lindsay, very much for coming back on. Uh, I'm sure we'll have you on again. Uh, yeah. I'll Always happy bring to come you on, on for a dark one next time. We'll All balance right. it out somewhere. Good. I'm too happy now.
You're too happy I'm now. I'm smiling. Good. I can. My soul feels the, lighter. The last one we did was a Nazi cult. So yeah, it was. I'm sure <laughs> the next one will be it. too. It, they kind of. <laughs> it's a running theme. There's there's a lot of cults involved in Nazis. I'm <laughs> just realizing now. That's either not shocking or very shocking. I'm not sure which one, but <laughs> we'll find out as we continue down this rabbit hole of all the cults. Yep. So thank you, friend, again for listening. Thank you, Lindsay, for coming on, and we will see you next time. Bye. Oh my god, John, were you up on Wikipedia all night? John, are you okay? You're you're shaking. You guys, you will not believe what I just read on Wiki. Welcome to Reddit on Wiki, the poorly researched, semi-funny podcast on random stuff we find on the internet. Who, who are you talking to? And why are you shaking so much? Subscribe to Reddit on Wiki on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Sean, I'm scared. Me too, buddy. Me too.